now. Now, from two different studios separated by over a thousand miles and direct to you via digital podcast download, this is the VoiceOver Cafe. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of the VoiceOver Cafe. Uh, This is episode two, Trish, and we are already the number one podcast in the country. Really? And how do you know this? Uh, I might be making it up. All right, I figured. We do appreciate it. By the way, I want to send kudos out to all of our listeners, all the people on Facebook, in the voiceover groups, uh, anybody that heard the first show. Thank you so much for sharing this on Facebook, Twitter, Google+, LinkedIn. We encourage you to continue to do so. Uh, and I just I can't tell you enough how much we really appreciate you uh, plugging the show for us. Yeah, we had a great launch uh, last episode, so it was, it was very cool. And it's cool to be back on the air, quote-unquote. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. Uh, The VoiceOver Cafe is VO News, served up piping hot, and uh, this is going to be a piping hot episode, Trish. We've got the legendary Bo Weaver on with us this afternoon. Yes, very excited to talk to him. So that should be good. We'll be doing the random Skype call. Rob Siglimpaglia will be back with another legal minute. And uh, just a packed show. This one is going to be a little bit longer um, because we, we just wanted to give Bo a little more time to um, tell us about what's going on in, in his life and what's what he has coming up and, and hopefully some good VO tips for uh, new voice talents as well. So that should be that should be a good time. The VoiceOver Cafe Mailbag. All right, Trish, what do you got? All right, well, the first mailbag question comes from Hustine, and he asks... How do you go about, as a VO actor or actress, to train your voice to sound differently? Um, My answer would be to, well, it's hard to train yourself. Um, It's, In fact, it's pretty much impossible. Um, You need some sort of uh, subjective, is it subjective or objective point of view (laughs) on, uh, you know, on on what you're doing right and wrong. And that's really how you learn the business. Um, Training with a voice coach is going to be your absolute number one priority before you even think about doing a demo. Um, so that's the first thing, you know, find a, find a voice coach that you, that you can work with, that you like, and that knows the business. Um, I've actually been working with someone uh, recently who I actually started with over 10 years ago. Her name is Leslie Bailey, and uh, she's, she helped me get into the business, and I now uh, hire her you know, on a regular basis to kind of keep me in check. Even, even when you've been doing this for a long, long time, you still need to um, you need help on trends and, and things of the, that nature that happen within the business. So I still work with Leslie uh, on a fairly regular basis to kind of keep my sound up to date. What about you, Terry? Well, and everybody knows, uh, Trish, you're not doing it anymore, but uh, I also do voiceover coaching and training with some demo production. But uh, one thing that that some people don't know is voiceover coaches also get coaching. I, uh, you know, I like to work with Mark Cashman from time to time. So even us voiceover coaches, we still need that, you know, that second set of ears to, Mm -hmm. to make sure that we're not falling into any bad habits and uh, bad trends, as you say, Trish. So it's always a good idea to work with a coach. I mean, if you're an athlete, a musician, an actor, I mean, all of these people work with a coach. I mean, a baseball player doesn't hit 40 to 50 home runs a year without working with a good batting coach. 
you know, (laughs) very true, you know, and that works the same way with uh, in in the voiceover industry. And as far as training your voice to sound differently, there's a there's a huge difference between trying to do an impersonation or a cartoon voice um, as opposed to just reading a script with a different style of delivery. And that is that is definitely something that a coach can help you with. So that's a great question. And And the second one one is, or did you have another one, Terry? Uh, I'm not going to use any of mine today because I'd like to save those for a future show when we really get into uh, some some audio uh, audio technical stuff. Okay. All right. Well, the the second one also comes from Hustine then, uh, and he asks, "What are the recommended steps to getting the clearest vocal performance or the absolute closest to background noiseless vocals?" Um, and, and it's funny because I, I, a couple of years ago, I actually did this, this little soundproofing quote unquote video of how I have my home studio set up and what I did to remove the noise from a lot of my recordings. Um, and setting up a, uh, I have a room divider that I've thrown blankets and that sort of thing over. Uh, it's all about the sound. It's not about the look. Some, you know, if you're a you know, seven-figure voiceover talent, then, of course, you, you can do the whole home studio, like, a, you know, with the actual wall and get a plaster and carpenter in and everything. But if you're, you know, if you're on the, uh, on the average, I guess, talent level that, that a lot of working full-time voiceover talent are, the majority of the people have just kind of a, a humble home uh, home studio setup. So, um, if you do want to see some ideas, uh, go to my voiceover channel on uh, YouTube, which is just Voiceovers by Trish. It's YouTube.com/slash/Voiceovers by Trish, and I have my soundproofing video up there. It'll show you exactly how I set it up, and um, it it works for me. So, you know, uh, just use any kind of anything to absorb the sound and make the recording area as small as possible. Uh, I like to use, I've got a pretty uh, soundproof studio here, but if you have like an expander gate on your preamp, that, uh, you know, that really helps to eliminate some of the excess uh, room or floor noise as well. And of course, a lot of the recording softwares out there have tools that you can use in post to remove you know, any kind of background noise. Adobe Audition CS 5.5 has a great uh, adaptive noise removal tool uh, where you capture the noise print of the, the background noise and then you can eliminate it. So there's a lot of cool stuff that you can do in post uh, to eliminate it as well. But it all starts with at least trying to, you know, set up your recording area in a fairly quiet area of your home. If you live next to the runway at the airport, you might be in trouble. Very true. It's really hard to soundproof actual anything. It's you know it it takes a lot, and it it just a it's just a matter of just dampening the the sound around you. So soundproofing is almost impossible, but as all, I've been told. <laughs> all great questions. If you ever want to submit questions to uh, the Voiceover Cafe, you can actually write to uh, Trish at Trish at VoiceoversByTrish.com. or you can uh, send them over to myself, Terry at Universal Voice Talent. Dot com. We'd appreciate uh, you know your questions, and even if we don't get to them on a particular program, uh, we will try to get to them on a future show. So right. let's see, what should we do next, Terry? Possibly talk to our favorite lawyer. Yeah, our, I don't really have a favorite lawyer. Well, actually, I do have a favorite lawyer because he's not my lawyer. Oh, well, wait, that didn't sound right, did it? Uh, he's my favorite <laughs> lawyer because I've never had to hire him to be my lawyer. There, how does that sound? 
And now it's Rob Siglimpaglia, the lawyer with the most difficult name in the world to pronounce, with the Legal Minute. This is Rob Siglimpaglia for a Legal Minute. So you were approached by a client or a talent agent, and they asked that you sign a contract exclusively. What does this mean? Exclusivity in talent agent contracts means that you can only work with that one agent. It also means that no matter what the source of your jobs, you're still going to have to pay that talent agent's commission. Territorial exclusivity clauses are more common, and that means you can only work for one agent in a certain geographical area. Exclusivity clauses in talent agent contracts vary by region. For instance, in L.A., talent agents are going to expect that you sign only with one agent in the L.A. area. Where in New York, it's customary that you can either sign non-exclusively or not sign at all. You can freelance with as many agents as you wish. My advice is you should avoid signing exclusively with an agent except for a territory. That's fine. But I wouldn't sign with one agent until you get to a point in your career where you're getting multiple offers and an exclusive agent can help you negotiate the best deal. Now, what about exclusivity and client contracts? What that means is a client is trying to say that you can only work for them and nobody else. For those contracts, I say you should act like Jerry Maguire and say, show me the money. Otherwise, walk away. Clients should not be asking you to work just for them unless they're paying you an awful lot of money to do it. There are some exceptions to the rule, say if you're a voice of a radio or TV station. But even then, they should be paying you decent money so that you give up all those other opportunities. Now, this should not be confused with conflict situations. Suppose you did a national car commercial for, say, Chevy, and it aired during the Super Bowl. Chevy's going to expect, and they're going to require, that you not do any more car commercials while that commercial's running nationally. And they're going to expect that you don't have any car, current car commercials running while that commercial's running nationally. So keep that in mind when you accept that $100 to do that local radio spot for a car in Boise, Idaho, or any other local market. For more information about talent agents and exclusivity and contracts and lots of other legal issues concerning voiceover, buy my book, VoiceOver Legal. It's available right now on voiceoverextra.com. This is Rob Sigampaglia for a Legal Minute. Now back to the VoiceOver Cafe. Random Skype call. All right, Trish, let's see... um See, John Florian's logged in. He never answers when I call him. I don't know what that means, but I, I don't think he's mad at me. He but uh, like us. I tried him last week, and that didn't work. And that's uh, you know that's why we got to Tom. But uh, I see that uh, Zach Miller is logged in, and, and you know Zach. I do know Zach. I think uh, I think he would. Uh, let's just call him randomly here and uh, see what the hell he's doing. Zach Miller, hello. Zach, Terry, Daniel, and Trish Bassani. Happy Friday, mother. Hey, guys. Happy Friday back at you. What's going on? Well, uh, I am sitting here trying to look busy. That's, I can't (laughs) lie. Wait a minute. Now, if you work work by yourself, why do you have to try and look busy? Because then I make myself feel better. (laughs) Oh, that works. (laughs) I'm actually working on a demo for a talent. What kind of demo? This one is the conversational demo, which seems to be the biggest uh, hit for uh, for casting these days. Nobody's an announcer anymore. Everybody's conversational. <laughs> I need you to do a radio announcery demo for me, please. <laughs> I miss those days. <laughs> <laughs> those well, are the easy ones. Well, we, appre- exactly. we, ap- we appreciate you uh, participating in our random Skype call. And uh, why don't you just tell the listeners... Uh, 
about some of the stuff you've been working on lately. Well, sitting in front of me to be billed, which is probably the worst part of my job. You would think it would be the best part because it means money coming in, but I don't like putting the accounting hat on. So uh, this week I did a summer concert series for Universal Studios, and uh, good to see ZZ Top back in action. <laughs> oh, yeah, woo-hoo. definitely. Definitely. Hopefully we're there. Uh, Have they what? trimmed their beards yet? <laughs> I don't think so. Oh, and so isn't it odd that the only guy named Beard doesn't have one? Oh. Very, very odd. Are they actually putting a good group with him? Because uh, listen to this, Zach. As, as you know, uh, Cool in the Gang is with Van Halen, and I go to that show in a couple of weeks here. You are going to love it. <laughs> I'm telling you. That's, what? Seriously? Saw- are they really playing together? Uh, well, yeah. yeah. Cool in the Gang is opening for Van Halen. Zach, did you make it for Cool in the Gang, or did you uh, did you blow them off and just uh, head to your seat for Van Halen? Well, we were uh, preoccupied in the bar. And heard. I didn't see them. It could have just been a good karaoke band, but um, they sounded great. And Van Halen, I'll tell you, not to get off topic, Van Halen is amazing this tour. I would highly recommend going. They were great the last time I saw them. They got, I just, I can't wait to go again. It was quite of a pricey ticket, but uh, that should be a good show. Hey, for some of our listeners that might be new voice talents, what do you do? What do you use for your uh, invoicing? Do you use like a QuickBooks or FreshBooks? I use QuickBooks 12 Pro, uh, way more than I actually need. And um, what comes with any Mac, because I'm an avid Mac person, is a program called Numbers. That's what I used for four years. Uh, very easy to create an invoice uh, using Numbers. It only thing that it doesn't do is it doesn't track things for you like QuickBooks did. Uh, and me being the lazy voice talent that I am, I would forget to ask people to pay me <laughs> in 90 days after they haven't paid me. So QuickBooks gives you a reminder. It automatically syncs with iCal and stuff like that. So it's there's a learning curve, but uh, seems to be working pretty well. Well, Trish, you're the one that turned me on to FreshBooks, and I am absolutely in love with it. Oh, I'm glad. I oh man, such a great program. It's it's uh, and and like Zach, I definitely you know I get a little behind on my billing. Tend, you know, I tend to. It's terrible, and it's and you're right. It means money, but you know, there's something about actually doing the admin side of you know that that I just can't bring myself to do. So I wind up like sometimes literally catching up after like a month. <laughs> I realize, and and when you have clients sending you emails going, "Hey, can you please send us an invoice?" Oh, that's not good. <laughs> Who among us Whoops. is guilty of that? Well, Come bless on. God, bless those types of clients. Man, those are those are the best clients around. No question about it. Big plans for the weekend? Uh, I wish I had big plans. I'm trying. Anybody out there that wants to buy a really nice five acre horse farm in lovely Geneva, Florida, come on over. <laughs> I'm actually going to be painting. The house this weekend. Well, that, uh, that might help. Park. Well, that might be us. We're looking to get the hell out of St. Louis Park. You know, uh, <laughs> just because it's close to the Minnesota Twins, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, it's. Oh man, we're having a hell of a year. I think we're uh, five and fourteen. I'm a Yankees fan, so go ahead. Hey, I did do one cool thing. You know how when when uh, you get um, those gigs that you're just like, oh, cool. This is why I got into. Uh, you know, when I got into voicing, this is what I was hoping to get. I did a promo this week for the uh, Mayweather Kodo fight. Oh, cool. Yeah, where you get to be wow. like the big announcer guy. 
Oh man, I haven't. The last one I did, it actually was you know one of those uh, the, one of those monster truck ads at the Metrodome back when they used to have those in the Metrodome, and and uh, that those are just great fun. In fact, those are the sessions that end way too quickly because you just you get so drawn into that that voice and delivery that you wished the session lasted a little bit longer. Yeah. That's- <laughs> Did you actually get to say you have to buy the whole seat, but you only use the edge? Uh, I didn't say that one, but I, I did say something about 15,000 gallons of mud. <laughs> Surrounded by 15,000 gallons of mud. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, and I'm not really Mr. Big Voice Guy, but if I if I practice long enough and uh, put my heart and soul into it, I, I, can, I can certainly fake it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, definitely not my niche per se, but uh, a hell of a lot of fun to do. Oh, yeah, yeah, they are. They really. I, I love the uh, the fact that there are still screamer spots out there. I, yeah, I definitely. I, I push a lot of metal, so I get to do a lot of screaming car spots, which is really fun. Mr. Zach Miller, we appreciate you participating in our random Skype call. Are we going to see you at Disneyland in June? No, I wish I could go, but um, that is uh, the, the big season for uh, a charity that's really close to me. Uh, Surfers for Autism kicks in, and June is a big month for uh, for Surfers for Autism events. So oh, I cool. am tied to that, which I don't mind at all. It's uh, really, really cool. Yeah, it's uh, a great you. organization. I've, I've checked into it a little bit. Zach, what is the website for that? Surfersforautism.com. That is uh, that sounds like a, just a wonderful organization. Yeah, what a great cause. Yeah, they are really, really cool. Um, and and it's I know the healing power of the ocean. So um, to see that in people's faces for the first time is you just, you just can't put a price tag on that. So I'll be while you guys are playing, I will be uh, playing as well, just on this coast. That's not. I think somebody just broke into Trisha's apartment. I know. What the heck? <laughs> was that? Was that from your? Are you sure? You better go out there and check and see what's going from, on. But it's not in the apartment. It just sounds like it is. Something. Something out of Ghost Hunters. <laughs> it's freaking me out a little bit. Yeah, but Zach, uh, thank you very much for coming on, and uh, we, you know we'll call you again sometime, and uh, we'll uh, we'll chat soon, and I'll definitely give you my full in-depth review of the Van Halen concert. I'm telling you. You are going to enjoy it. You are going to enjoy it. Not a bad seat in the house. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. Take yeah, it easy, my friend. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Have a good right. weekend, my friend. Take you care. guys, Take it easy. Bye. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the VoiceOver Cafe. Uh, Trish and I are very honored to have a very special guest. And uh, actually, I spent uh, about six hours working on his intro, and here it is. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Bo Weaver. I'd like a uh, large uh, three-shot Americano with uh, a lot of room. <laughs> Trish, can we'll you get, get that we'll for him? Call the barista over. We'll, we'll be good. <laughs> I, uh, I wish they had Baileys here at the coffee shop, but apparently they just don't stock it. They don't allow me to uh, drink those kind of adult beverages any longer. I abused the privilege long ago, so uh, just so you know. <clears throat> well, welcome to the show. We appre- You're actually the first, uh, Bo, we did uh, voiceovers on demand. We did 20 episodes of our old podcast uh, many moons ago, and you're actually the first guest on our new revamped uh, voiceover cafe, so I know that means a lot to you. Well, I hope I don't scare off uh, any new listeners. 
<laughs> no, no, no. Well, let, let's start with, uh, of course, uh, the biggest cliched question. We'll get that one out of the way first. When, when exactly did you get your start in voiceovers? And I apologize for not being able to come up with something more original right out of the gate. It's okay. That's that's all right. Uh, I mean, I uh, my first love was radio. I uh, started hanging around radio stations when I was 12 years old. And before I go into that story, I make a real clear distinction. Radio is not voiceover. Um, and uh, it's just how I started. Uh, and uh, I, I got my first radio job when I was 15, did it all the way through high school and college. And I started uh, making my way to bigger and bigger radio stations, and it wasn't long before I got to the, the well, it was my dream station. It was the top station in Los Angeles in the 70s, uh, KHJ. We were the number one station, and I was at the top of the heap. I was uh, 23 years old, and um, I, I, I came into uh, the production room uh, one night, and one of the on-air talents there was in there uh, with his hands on the controls of the equipment. And back then we had engineers. You couldn't touch anything uh, or you would be written up uh, uh, by the engineers union. Uh, you know, the, the, the announcers sat in a booth and you made hand signals showing what you wanted the engineers to do. And uh, here was one of the on-air guys who is Dave Sebastian Williams who runs everythingvo.com and the voiceover resource guide, which are excellent tools. Uh, and uh, he was touching the equipment, and I said, Dave, what are you doing? You're going to get in big trouble for this. And he said, close the door. Uh, I'm making my voiceover demo. I'm making copies of it. And, of course, this was on reel-to-reel -reel tapes. I've really dated myself now. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and, and I said, voiceover? demo what I, what you know what is and he turned it up and I, he played a little bit of it for me and i said but dave that's just a bunch of spots and he said bo do you not understand that this is the real business you know what we do on the air is just filler this is the real business and uh he's uh, then he said do you know what kind of money you can make doing this i said no and he proceeded to tell me and i said ah oh, I gotta get one of those, you know. But then he said, "No, no, no! It's not that easy. They don't like radio guys. They they hate us, actually. Uh, but there is sort of a therapy for the radio guy sound. And uh, there, Joan Gerber, who was the the first superstar in the voiceover world, uh, female voice of many bazillions of cartoons and." Uh, commercials and everything just uh, you know she was she was uh, a real superstar she had a voice actors workshop in her living room and I and I went to it and um, for some reason I was willing to be a beginner and uh, it completely changed my world and from then on my focus was ah Radio is a bridge to learning to do this. And I found that it was a completely different skill set. And this is very difficult for a lot of guys with radio backgrounds to understand. Radio is not voiceover. And they say, uh, well, what are you talking about? I've been cutting spots since I was uh, 15. <laughs> and so had I. And so had I. But you know what? It's it's different. Yes, it's a microphone. Yes, it's copy. Yes, it's speaking. But it comes from a completely different place because these people in this workshop were actors. 
And what I discovered was there's an actor's approach to interpreting copy that I knew nothing about. Now, now at that time, um, on the air, we did a lot of live copy. In fact, fully half of the commercials on the station were delivered live over a music bed. And uh, so I, I had really good skills as a cold reader. So in this workshop, they, uh, they had a, a cold reading exercise where each actor came up to the front and, and read a, uh, you know, a, did a cold read of a piece of copy. And I thought to myself, oh, I'm gonna nail this, you know? <laughs> I mean, I do this all the time on the number one station on the planet, you know? Mm -hmm. So I come up to the uh, copy stand and I read and Joan turned around. I got about through one sentence and she goes, disc jockey, right? You're a oh, disc jockey. Oh, evil, evil. You know what? <laughs> that is a weenie shrinker right there. Really <laughs> and, but for some reason, I was intrigued. My ego did not get hooked. I didn't say, Wait a minute, you don't know, I'm the number one afternoon drive, you know. I didn't do that, I just, I went, oh, there is a skill set that I don't have. Let me see if I can learn this. And uh, so, so kind of the, the rest is history. And although I continued on doing radio for a few more years, uh, since the early 80s, I've uh, made my living doing voiceover full time. Well, and it's funny, she says the word disc jockey as if you were some kind of a serial killer. <laughs> well, that is the way uh, the advertising agencies uh, thought of radio people, and I find they still do. Exactly. Yeah. It's a kiss of death if they if they know. I, I had a similar, although I wasn't on the number one station in the country but uh, or in the market, but um, I, you know, when I first worked with my, who I still work with, Leslie Bailey um, is a voiceover coach, and I worked with her over 10 years ago, and the first thing I said to her, well, you know, I, I come from radio, and I'm thinking I have a leg up on the on the industry and she's like lose it lose the ego don't mention to people that you have a radio background because people actually that turns people off to hiring you from ad agencies and, and whatnot well it's not even that so much is it, it there's a certain style of read uh, that you do in radio that uh, well you know you'll book some things you'll book some things with it but in order to transcend that and get to the really big stuff you're going to have to find a different way to approach uh, copy. And uh, anyway, that's uh, the long story is, uh, 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 you know, I made the transition from, from uh, radio uh, because I was willing to be a beginner. And what the Buddhists call beginner's mind is one of the greatest things you can have. Well, and I think with that, uh, if, you're, if you're objective and your goal is to just do local uh, car commercials on cable, then... Uh, <laughs> That'll get you work. But, That'll get yeah, you yeah, work, but it's not going to get you the other stuff. For that, high, that hard sell retail, you know, uh, you know, this holiday weekend, sell, 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 sell. <laughs> you know, no, that, obviously, th those commercials are running, so somebody's got to do those. But but there is uh, uh, there, there's a different a different approach. But one of the things uh, that, that I've uh, had. I've spent a lot of time talking with guys uh, in radio uh, about how to make that transition. And one of the things, and they, they do not like to hear this, they hate this, but this is the truth. One of the things that they need to do is to take off the headphones. Mm -hmm. Because when you are listening to yourself through headphones, a feedback loop is created 
Now, as a radio performer, you are not only performing, but you're also engineering and producing. So you have learned to separate yourself from your performance and think outside into the future, like the intro to this song is 17 seconds. Now we're at 12, 11, 10. You've got that clock running. You, you're, uh, say, you know, I've got to get this mention in before the vocal hits. You're thinking like that. So you're producing yourself. And so you are judging and manipulating your, your performance inside of your head uh, and, and it's, an, it's a remarkable skill, you know? It really, really is what, what radio people do. But what it does is it takes you out of the moment as a performer, and it, it, it disconnects the emotional circuitry. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, I don't use headphones anymore, too. It's, uh, it, it definitely it has made me more of a, made me think more of my, of my delivery than anything. I gotta, st- I gotta admit, I stick with the cans because it's. I- I'm able to hear the pops, or if there's something, uh, you know, if I'm a little too far away from the mic, and and third, I have to admit, I'm I'm one of those bozos that loves to hear their own voice. <laughs> you can hear it on the playback, Terry. Uh, I, know. Again, I know, I know, I know. It's just you know, so, some habits are hard to kick. But the the thing with uh, with uh, processing again, it accentuates the feedback loop. So you are listening to yourself and reacting to yourself at the same time, and uh, and it it causes it causes you to to uh, like boost certain certain words and elongate certain things that have no emotional uh, sense. So the uh, to uh, and the other thing is if you are performing while sitting in front of equipment and looking at a monitor and looking at equipment and looking at knobs and stuff, which is the way a radio performer does, um, you are going to be engaged with that. And uh, so what I had to learn to do is uh, walk into a room where I have nothing except a microphone and the copy stand and do the performance. When I'm finished with the performance, then you go in, do whatever editing needs to be done. Then you play audio guy, but you don't play audio guy while you're being a performer. Well, I agree. I, and a lot of people do read scripts right off their uh, right off their computer monitor, but then you know it's it's hard to like underline stuff and draw arrows and circle words and write little notes to yourself. So I'm you know I'm definitely in in the ballpark of, of, of printing out the script and uh, and and performing it that way. I, I read mine off of off of a screen, but I found if everything's on a Word document, I, I highlight stuff. If I want to make notes, I either underline it. Like, I just do everything in Word um, right on the fly, usually, after I've read it once or twice. Um, or if, if I'm on with a phone session with a phone patch client or something, I'll, you know, I'll definitely, like... You know, if they say we we would like th- this word emphasized a little bit more, and I'll just underline it or bold it in the in the script right on my screen. So, um, plus it's greener. <laughs> yeah, oh, <laughs> we want to get it political. Sure. I, I read off of an uh, uh, an iPad uh, most of the time. If it's an advertising agency session where you're going to have uh, four creative people in the room all making additions and stuff, then I'll print it because uh, I'm going to have to make four hundred thousand uh, scratch outs on it. Yeah. But the bulk of this stuff I do, it's it's very, very fast. It comes in very fast and it's delivered very fast. And so I don't make notes. Uh, even when I'm doing a long uh, narration, I, I seldom make notes. 
you know, there, there are a lot of different ways of working. You just have to find the one that works uh, works for you. But uh, yeah, I used to uh, I used to print uh, 80 to 100 uh, sheets of paper a day, and now I print maybe maybe two or three a week. Well, speaking speaking of the iPad, Bo, I'm absolutely addicted to the Twisted Wave app on the iPad. Yes. I mean, it's like a, yeah, it's a ten it's a ten dollar app, and it's the best ten bucks I've ever spent. Well, Thomas, the guy who uh, developed Twisted Wave, uh, uh, is uh, it, it's a one man company. Uh, he's a German who lives in Paris, and um, I use Twisted Wave for uh, Mac OS X as my primary uh, audio editor. In fact, oh, this is, uh, you know, I, I am well known for being a hater of Pro Tools. Yes, we know that for sure. <laughs> and, it, it's, uh, and if you are a producer, uh, that's one thing, but I'm not. I am a performer, and I need to capture my performances and do some rough editing. Uh, and uh, Twisted Wave is absolutely ideal for that. Uh, it is the fastest, simplest, most stable, and easiest to navigate uh, audio editor out there. But it's also very powerful. Uh, you can customize the uh, uh, keyboard shortcuts so that they they work for you. There's also an iPad, iPhone remote control app so that from the booth, I can start and stop the, uh, uh, the program. I, I love it. Thomas uh, developed it, and I have made suggestions along the way about how to make it even more ideal for voice voiceover folks. But uh, yeah, I won't have any other software on my machine. I'm so committed to this uh, this little app of Thomas's. And are, are they making a PC version? Or have they made a PC, no. PC version? No, not yet. Okay. Are they working on it? Because no. I'm, I'm no. hoping, because <laughs> no. I'm, I'm a PC person. But, well, the closest oh, okay. thing in the PC realm uh, is Sony SoundForge. Operates very similar. Uh, and, okay. and it's an app I, I, I like um, very much. Well, we have a couple of questions from sure. from listeners that want to know a little more specific things. Uh, let's see. The, the first one is from Hustine, and he wants to know what the most interesting what's the most interesting VO work you've done to date. God, I don't know. You know, it's probably a, it's, hard. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's, uh, it's all different. Um, uh, I did something last week one of the few times where uh used to used to be uh, back in the in the in the mid 90s even the early mid 2000s uh i would go to five or six different studios in a day and now i do everything from uh, from home and and last year i i went out of house two times and last week i i, I you know uh, one so uh uh but it was a lot of fun. I went to Disney Imagineering and uh, did uh, a voice for uh, uh, an attraction at the new California Adventure. That's fun. It's fun walking around the Disney campus. Uh, you know, I enjoy uh, going to the networks uh, to do promos. Uh, uh, I used to do a lot of animation, and that was fun. Um, you know, I was uh, fantastic for the, the, the lead character, Reed Richards, the guy with the stretchy arms and uh, for Marvel. And Stan Lee came to a lot of the recording sessions, and he's one of my idols. That was, uh, that was fun. Uh, I got to do the character of Superman for Ruby Spears' Hanna-Barbera back, uh, back in the day. Uh, that's interesting. Uh, but, you know, it's, uh, every day is a little bit different. Um, I can't believe I, there wasn't one medical narration that you mentioned. You know, I've only done, I've only done one medical narration. <laughs> and I got about 20 minutes into the session, and I said, guys, 
I'm going to stop us, and I'm going to just let you know that uh, uh, you need to fire me now because I am not the talent for this job. <laughs> if you have uh, incurred cost, they were actually in uh, Washington, D.C., I said, whatever studio costs that you have incurred, send me the bill and I will pay it. And then never call me ever again. <laughs> wow. See, yeah, ladies you know and, your limits, ladies yeah. and gentlemen, Bo Weaver has that luxury. Well, exactly. you, you know, if you can do medical narrations, that's one thing. But it is a very particular skill. There are a lot of skills in voice. voice see, I, a lot of people don't really kind of grok this. Uh, there is not a field called voiceover. There are very there are separate subfields. Uh, uh, documentary narration is its own thing. Audiobooks is its own world. In yep. fact, audiobooks thinks that it's uh, part of the publishing world, uh, not the voiceover world. Right. Uh, animation is is a separate world. Commercials is a separate world. All of these are separate little universes. And medical narration is its own deal. Oh, yeah. And if you have the skills to pronounce those, uh, you know, uh, forty-seven syllable words, awesome. Go do that. Um, Julie Williams, who is a uh, voice talent who lives in Sacramento, has done uh, done seminars for specific for, uh, uh, medical narration seminars. Uh, but I would say get some training because it is its own little kettle of fish. Well, you know? Bo, that's actually my niche is actually medical narration, and I don't think I'm that good at it. But my clients think I'm great at it. <laughs> that's all that matters. They uh, they keep coming back, and it's not something that I really uh, enjoy doing. But uh, you know, it, it, what's what's not what's what's entertaining about the voiceover uh, world, and I think both of you will agree with this, is sometimes you end up in a niche where you have no idea you were going to land there. I mean, some we all want to do the cartoon voices and the fun conversational commercial voices. But you just never know where you're going to end up, and that's that's what that's what keeps this industry just so damn entertaining. Yep. Yeah, the, the client catches something that you not you wouldn't necessarily catch. Yeah, like a you know a particular uh, sound that you have. When I first got started, um, when I really really first got started full time about seven years ago, it was. Um, yeah, I, all of a sudden I was getting all this casino work and I was like, I wound up being this party girl, which is so not me in, at least in my, you know, my, I'm not like this happy, you know, like party girl type of, uh, you know, enthusiastic type of, type of voice. But I nailed the read apparently. And I just started to, to get a lot of work from, from casinos for, for a lot of commercials and that sort of thing. So yeah, you're right. It, it, sometimes your niche finds you. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, some some uh, many years ago, I found myself doing uh, a lot of sort of uh, parody announcers, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, really retro kind of announcers, you know. And um, in fact, uh, I can remember. Well, I, I, I in fact, you I'll, do I'll the play. Jimmy Kimmel stuff, right? Yes, uh, but mm -hmm. I let me just uh, play you a, a little sample of. I put out a demo because I was doing so much of it, and uh, one of the producers said uh, one time, hey, uh, give me one of your bullshit guys. And I went, oh, that's what they call it. So I put out a demo, and it was called <laughs> Bullshit Announcers. And it started, it started like this. 
It's Saturday Night Live's 25th anniversary celebration. Welcome to the lifestyles of the rich and richer. Get a load of this. All this week, visit the secret mecca of America's hottest celebrities. Magic Johnson. No. It's guest star week on The Simpsons. Okay, that that sort of thing. And so yeah. I sort of fell into that I actually ended up replacing Pardo on a bunch of stuff that he didn't want to do. Oh, that's awesome. And I remember <laughs> one, one day I, I, I was at an audition uh, with uh, the, the sweetest man on the planet, Gary Owen, the legendary Gary Owen. Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, you know, uh, and the funny thing, Gary really is that guy, you know. Hi. Hi, Bo. <laughs> nice to see you. That's, uh, you know, ask the gravy, please. You know, and he said... Oh, you know, I see you at these auditions, and sometimes I hear them asking for your bullshit read. Uh, what exactly do they mean by your bullshit read? And I had to say, well, well, Gary, they, uh, they, they want me to do you. That is the thing. <laughs> you know, I, I couldn't say that, but uh, anyway, no, he's he's the nicest guy on the planet, and he he absolutely is that guy. Well, we have awesome. a really deep question here from one of our listeners. Uh, All right. Gene Habrukowicz wants to know, how long is your hair? Oh, I don't know. It's, uh, it's, uh, I can sit on it, if that uh, gives you any... Oh, wow. It, it's gotten longer, this, so you've been... How long have you been growing it? Because the last time I saw you at Voice 2010, it was... Uh, it was probably down to your waist or something, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's about the same. It's about the same. Actually, I haven't cut it since. Uh, uh, well, it's been at least twelve years, you know. Wow. Since since, uh, since it was even trimmed, but the last time it was short was about eighty six. Eighty six. Wow. A couple of years in the in the eighties, I I was trying to pass as a regular guy. That's and, not and work. you know mm -hmm. nobody bought. Yeah, that that's not going to work for you. <laughs> no. no I, I like the look. I think it's cool. You definitely pull it off well. We just have a uh, just have a few minutes here, but uh, Bo, what kind of cool projects are you are you working on uh, this week or next week or anything? Are you are you are you doing anything like new that you haven't really done before? Uh, not really. Nothing uh, uh, that I would uh, think is is new and different. I do a lot of television promos. Um, there are several cable networks that I work for. I work for a couple of national shows like the, uh, the Doctors on, on CBS, the syndicated daytime medical talk show. Uh, I've been doing that for, for uh, four years. Uh, the CIA, I, I did a, a session this morning for the, uh, the FX movie channel, uh, Fox movie channel. You know, mostly it's mostly television promos and uh, and uh, movie trailer. Uh, well, uh, they're using very very few voiceover on theatrical trailers now, but uh, by trailer we mean the television campaigns for feature films. And you know, I'm on a few of those. And uh, um, but they, you know, they keep me busy. What's the latest trailer? If you can share, what's the latest trailer you've done to, to for us to look out for it? Mm, you know, I'd have to go back and uh, and look and see. Uh, I'd have to go back through the list. I have a, uh, a a sort of a policy, or maybe it's it's like I I I've become like the technology where you know you turn off the computer and you know the files are gone the next day. When I reboot myself in the morning, it's gone. Start with a fresh mind. Yeah, yeah. that's good. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
And, and you know, and, and sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad because the, the worst thing you can do, especially when you do an audition, is to be calling your agent and saying, hey, did you hear anything about that uh, Wrigley campaign? You know, no, go away. If you know you're not going to book it and not know that you booked it, it's not going to happen. Trust me, you you know. Uh, so so I've learned to just uh, you you do it and you forget it. But here's here's what can happen, and this is this is true for all voice talent. We all think we should be doing everything, you know. <laughs> and, and you know, and they say, well, I'm sorry, Bo. The 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 spec on this thing uh, was for a small Polynesian female. Uh, oh, I got I, I to gotta read for that. No, 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 I don't no, that. You know, so so I, uh, a year or so ago, I'm in the, the, the living room and the television's on in the bedroom and I can hear it from two rooms away and I hear a voiceover on a spot and uh, I'm thinking, God, you know, that's really right in my range, right in the pocket of what I'm really good at. I should have read for that. Damn. I really should have read for that. And now my head is starting to say, man, what else are you not reading for? Your agent is totally missing the boat here. Why didn't you read for that? I should have read for that. You damn straight. I should, I should. And then I go, oh, wait a minute. I did read for it. I got it. And that's me on the television. And I'm sitting here, you know, being jealous of myself. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that guy on the uh, screen is so much that. better. Oh, I did. Oh, did you think? Uh, did, did you think he was better than you were? No, I thought I was better than. Yeah, I th thought I was better than he was. You know? so so we are all that way. And so one of the things, one of the the, the the main jobs you have as a voice talent is to get over yourself every day when you wake up. Get over yourself. Well, in, in that same vein, then, and, and again, only if you're willing to share, but have you, has there been a gig that you have auditioned for that you've been really disappointed that you didn't land? Oh, sure, I, I, I suppose, but uh, I, I, can't, I can't even go there. I just don't yeah, do yeah. it like that. It's an extremely competitive field, but uh, if... If I read for a, a movie campaign and uh, Scott Rummel gets it or uh, Reno Romano gets it, I'm happy for him, you know, because they're friends of mine. They're friends of mine. And, and whatever comp comp competing we do, it's, it's, uh, it's very friendly, you know. And, and the, the competing I do isn't against someone else. It's I, I'm just, all I'm out to do is the best I can do. You know, mm -hmm. here's what I would do with this script. And once I've done the best I can do and tried to help that client solve his creative problem, then I've done my job. And it's not up to me whether I get it or don't get it, you know? Well, Bo, we're going to let you get back to what you do best. And uh, I just really appreciate you coming onto the show today. Uh, anytime, I'm always uh, full of opinions uh, among <laughs> the fans. Uh, people are. are always saying about me, as uh, that Bo, he's full of it. I'm Thank good night from Hollywood portions pre-recorded. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Terry, he was uh, he was an awesome guest. Yeah, unbelievable. You know, pro with a capital P. I mean, Bo is just a, an uh, just a very intelligent talent, and uh, man, he he's just such a joy to listen to. 
Yeah, he's a super nice guy too. I've met him on a couple of occasions, and he's just so nice and so like laid back, no ego. Just will talk to anybody. I've, I've, it, just really, really cool. Definitely a, 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 a stand-up guy. So next week's show, we're going to bring on Dave Curvassier, voice talent and news anchor uh, in Las Vegas. Uh, he is behind a brand new organization called. Uh, World Voices. This is the new Savoa. I'm sure they don't want people saying that, but apparently there was a big meltdown over at the Savoa Institute. And yeah, what a debacle. I know. Well, some people have no idea uh, what the hell we're even talking about, but we'll, we're, we're going to explain it all uh, next week. And uh, Dave will be on, or actually in two weeks, Trish. Two weeks, uh, yep. Dave mm-hmm. will be coming on to talk about a little bit about his career. And, of course, we can all talk about what we're going to do at Voice 2012 when we do our seminar on social media and the voiceover industry. But we're going to get Dave's insight on this brand new uh, organization that was just launched called World Voices. So that should be very exciting. Yeah, looking forward to, to talking to Dave. And, yeah, the Super Socials Unite. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Trish, it's been a pleasure as always. And we'd like to uh, thank you all for listening to another episode of the VoiceOver Cafe, VO News, served up piping hot. See ya. That's a wrap on another episode of the VoiceOver Cafe. This is Sean Caldwell. Thanks for listening. Be sure to check out other riveting episodes at voiceovercafe.org. 